All right, everybody. Happy Monday. Okay, March 15th. Everybody out there? Who's out there? Good morning, everybody. Morning. Come on, this is the part, it's the part where you can say good morning before I mute you all. <laughs> good morning. This is Laura. Hi. Hey, Laura. How's it going? Good job. Awesome. You can hear those people coming on, those realtors. Remember, uh, Darren, uh, 805 is 8 o'clock to most realtors, just so you know. Right. <laughs> All right, hold on one second here. I got to do this. All right, for the quality of this recording to go on the podcast, I've muted everybody. So, Darren, if you could um, hit star six on your phone, then we can hear you. Star six. Not the pound. Star. There he is. There I am. There he is. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, for all three states, the legal man for, for the company, Mr. Darren Walsh, ladies and gentlemen, yes. I thought I'd had Darren on today. So he, well, first off, Darren, tell me a little about yourself, and then I'll get into a few questions, please, if you could. Oh, my gosh. About me? Don't start at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm the, um, yeah, I am the general counsel for the three states. Four companies. Um, I've been doing this a long time, longer than yeah. I expected. You know how that goes. Um, but it's just great. I really enjoy working in real estate, and I kind of consider myself like an emergency room lawyer because uh, I don't really get to deal with the problems all the way to the end. I just, I'm like right. triage, you know. They sort of come in and tell me how they cut their finger on their lawnmower, and I fix it. Right. That's amazing. Speaking of that, yeah. it reminds me of a commercial. When I first moved here, I saw of a lawyer. It was hilarious during the Super Bowl. All right. Anyway, we won't get into that now. But um, all right. So now I, I would have to I would have to uh, imagine that the last is just, just about a year now. Perfect timing, right? This is when things. It's when the wheels started to be shaky. They didn't come off the bus yet, but they started getting shaky about a year ago. So this has got to be one of the most incredible years for your probably legal career, correct? Yeah, without a doubt. Strangest, one of the strangest things I've been through. I mean, this is um, truly unprecedented. It, it, it was very similar to the Great Recession in that, mm. but it happened much faster. The Great Recession yeah. was like a slow boil, and properties fell from 07 to the bottom was 2012. So think about that. Right. We, we dealt with it for five years before we right. saw recovery. So this one, the, pro- the difference here is we happen to be one of the most popular people at the dance during this crisis, whereas in the Great Recession, property was not popular. People were actually right. saying that homeownership was going to drop dramatically and Persons were not going to be interested in spending money on the asset of a, of a home. And the exact opposite happened here. Who knew what was going to happen? I mean, it was, it was anyone's guess when it started. It was actually almost one week, one year to the day. I mean, they started, they closed the schools down, and then they, in Northern California first, if you recall. Yeah. Um, they, were, they were really the, uh, the trendsetters up there, San Jose area. And ironically – they think the super spreader event was in Las Vegas. Um, it was uh, 
Comdex kind of thing. And Google had a big, 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 big meeting in Las Vegas, and they went back wow. to San Jose. But anyway, what happened, what we know now is, of course, everything in hindsight is 2020. And now we've realized that uh, um, the, 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 having a home, having stability is, is so important. And people mm. have realized that, uh, you know, if they're forced to stay home, they, 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 all of a sudden they realize that, uh, you know, they do not have a very quiet house. Um, I read this great article about uh, some architects they talked to and yeah. how if they could redo their house, they, they would because, you know, they, they need an office. Um, their children are too noisy. Uh, they don't have, a, you know, they didn't really focus on the yard because they could go use, you know, the community pool or something to that effect. And now they realize they can't go anywhere. So as we've seen, properties have become uh, very, uh, very important in the game plan. And we're truly cruising into a, a, a weird time when um, we, have, you know, we, we have, in certain areas, we have unbelievable unemployment, like if you're in the service industry. And yet, on, this, on the flip side of the coin is that with that unemployment, we're looking at prices in housing actually rising and the popularity of housing increasing to the point of, uh, we don't have all the data yet, but we're going to see a lot of second homes as an asset yeah. that someone has. And um, for those that live in the quiet, you know, touristy towns and they sort of get overrun in the summer or maybe in the winter, depending on which part of the, world you're in and where people are escaping to they're grumbling because so many big cities have taken up to um, <clears throat> get that second home <clears throat> in the resort area that they usually only went like a month a year and that's happening right. all over the world you can read about it yeah. in Spain France Italy uh, UK not just here and so what an interesting thing to go through in that in the beginning if you recall in March of one year ago we had a massive amount of cancellations because people were scared and they didn't know if they should make the purchase. And some people didn't want to sell because they didn't want to leave right. their house and go anywhere. And so now only, you know, four or five months later, those that hung on um, and did go through with the purchase were rewarded. You just, you just never know. I mean, right. March was by far, you know, the stock market fell. Um, you know, every, everybody's, everybody's numbers across the United States. If you look at the income that came in in April, <clears throat> April was a bad month because of the amount oh, yeah. of cancellations that occurred. And then it slowly picked yeah. up. Yeah. In California. April, okay, so, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, April, May, April and May were the 50%, 60% months. The end of yep. March, lost some closings. Uh, April, May, about 50%, 60%. Uh, June, about 75%. July, about 110%. It was right, yep. right now. Right now we're getting um, – and it's a lot of things. Like you said, the, the economy pretty much is down to a 6% uh, unemployment rate, which I think is going to get even better as things progress. Uh, the interest rates are incredible. And you're right. A lot of people spend so much time in their home. They're like, geez, if I'm, you know, 40, I, I heard it today on, 
uh, or I read it today in one of the news things, uh, 47% of people, no, it's on the book I'm listening to called Post, what's it called? Post uh, COVID. <laughs> it's actually, it just came out called Post COVID. I said, I got to get this. 47% of people have been given the option to work out of their homes, you know, if you're in high tech or whatever. So they've said, you know what, if I'm going to turn this into my office, I'm going to sell my house because I've got equity and buy something else. The interest rates are incredible. Not going to affect my payment yep. that much. So yep. you got, and then you got people downsizing, upsizing, sidesizing, like you said, uh, getting second homes. And, and Vegas, is it, uh, Vegas has second and third and fourth home owners people have uh, when they come here. Yep. And we're seeing, <clears throat> we're seeing a migration, which is very interesting that we'll, we don't have our arms around yet, but we're going to, as it trickles in and we can, we'll read about it. But, um, you know, and I can relate it to my own life. My niece ha- has just put her studio apartment in New York City um, up for sale. Of course, I put yep. her through the referral program or whatever nice. it's called. Of and she's moving do. to California because she, she can't handle um, – she just can't handle – she doesn't want to go through it again. She's been in a studio apartment for a year in New York City. Especially so New York, coming, yeah. She's coming to the West Coast. And a good friend of mine is leaving Los Angeles and had just bought a home in Palm Springs. Nice. Same issue. Did not have a big, did not, was in like a fourplex, a cute little apartment condo in Los Angeles, which was very nice until the pandemic hit. And now she wants to be in Palm Springs and be able to go into her little backyard and have a, she has a pool. It's very, very cute mid-century house, you know. So what I would yeah, say in a... reflection, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> what, I, what I'd say about what happened in the last year is I really, really thought COVID was going to actually have more of an impact. And in mm. fact, we, once we got through the concept of showing a home and respecting everyone's right. wishes and making sure we did it uh, with health protocol, et cetera, we really moved past COVID and moved back right. into just an aggressive, um, you know, market where there's low inventory and we have the added stress because, you know, in right. the back of the story, in the back of the problem was always a little bit of sprinkle of COVID. For example, I would right. have a situation where someone had recently lost a loved one to COVID. And so that sort of put uh, a theme to their, mm. how we dealt with the problem, because it was very sensitive. Like I, I had an older woman who lost her sister, and then we made a mistake in the documentation and the attitude that she had was really fueled by the fact that she had lost her sister, which is understandable. Absolutely. But that it wasn't just the fact that we made a mistake um, uh, in the paperwork. But anyway, <clears throat> it's interesting that yeah. what really happened is that we just got right back to a cycle of real estate because real estate's a, a roller coaster. It goes up, it goes down. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we're seeing a lot of people, uh, Washington, California, Minnesota, Illinois, like you just said, New York. A lot of those people are, are going to Arizona and Nevada. And a lot of the people in California that just won't leave California are moving to the desert, which is really right. good because we have, we're in all, all of those markets, which is incredibly good for us. So it's a, 
it's going to be a very, very interesting year. And then uh, there is a decent exodus out of California, which is going to be great for inventory. But I love California, but it's just a fact. I'd be, first time I, I've been in the business 36 years, I have never seen. California has as many people moving in as out. I mean, out as in now, which is I've never seen that. I just read. Arizona. I was just that those stats are so fun to look at because Los Angeles, the county of Los Angeles, lost people for the first time in yeah. you know seventy years or something. So it's interesting. It's not a lot. It's forty six thousand or fifty six thousand, but that was the net decline in the yeah. population, uh, and that hasn't happened in, in many, 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 many years. So that's a very it's a very interesting. I was just thinking last night what's going to happen because you see, you know, you ha- you have these towns in the Midwest who, you know, they had a population of 40,000 and now they have a population of 15,000 and they have like the abandoned, um, uh, beautiful old town, you know, mid- downtown. I wonder if those places, because the population of the United States is not decreasing. Right. And, and, and yet, and, but, and we have these smaller towns that are, um, more or less abandoned. And I'm wondering if parts of Ohio <laughs> will slowly mm-hmm. get filled back up because of the ability to telecommute. Um, right. And I'll, I'll, I'll mention one more. I was, my brother was here last night um, traveling for work, and uh, we met outside, of course. Isn't that funny? I still uh-huh. meet people outside. And um, Wow. We were going over all the people that he, he – we grew up here in Las Vegas, Nevada, but he took off one day to New York City. He just up and took off, and he became an architect out there. And he lasted as long as he could. We were going over all the people that had left, and I thought – I mentioned one person. And he said, oh, no, even that person bought a second home upstate New York and now just takes that horrible train into the city, right? And so um, oh. we're, 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 I think it just we're going to see a real shift. I think we're going to see yeah. parts of uh, the outskirts of towns that were, uh, you know, are going to be looked at in a new light, which is, right. you know, and we're there. We're always there. You know, I mean, when I teach my classes and stuff, I always go over the human nature that we deal with. And by be, by being in real estate, it's, it, it, you're truly just, you're just in the people business and people yeah. do things. They, they lose their jobs. They get married. They get divorced. They die. Uh, they, they, they want bigger stuff. They want smaller stuff. We're just, we have to deal with humans. That's what we do. That's how we make our living. Yeah. That's why it's so hard. That's why when we make a That's mistake, right. we're not, you know, we're not dealing with chickens. One of my chickens injured himself, uh, or herself with a design that I, 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 there was a piece of metal that was hanging off of the chicken wire that I put together. See, now if that was a human, I'd be in big trouble. Right. Right. I was thinking, I was looking at her and I said, you know, if you were a human, if you were one of my clients, you'd probably sue me. Right. You, you, she would. Yeah. Because. <laughs> Whereas I could just put mentholatum on her and the other birds leave her alone and see, now I'm okay. You can't, you can't just put mentholatum on people in public to solve all your real estate problems. It would be great <laughs> if you could. But yeah. It keeps the other birds from pecking on her. Oh, because when That's they're a, injured, they like to torture them even further. Well, they just, it's like the way they interact with each other is they peck. And so what happens is they peck holes in each other if, they're, if they have the opportunity. It's just oh the craziest God. thing. But then you just go on How YouTube. How many chickens do you is, have now? I only have 11. <laughs> they come and go, you know. I've had many over the years. 
You want to talk oh, birds, get Bill Veto from uh, Upland on the phone sometime, and he will go over okay. his history of bird addiction. He's much worse than me. Oh, my God. He, he has moved past the chicken phase. He got into, got like, bre- breeding, like, game birds and stuff. But anyways, yeah, chickens are great. If anybody awesome, has the land awesome. for it, just don't get a rooster exactly. too noisy. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a great wake-up call, though, right? Right. It's, but right, the problem so, is right, they so wake up at 3 of, o'clock in the morning. Speaking of uh, being a lawyer and getting sued and all that, since we, we have you today and we have people from all three markets and it's being recorded, why don't you give us a quick um, update as far as how we are in all three states? Please. Legally, I think we're going into a phase of, I'm going to call it the angry summer, angry summer. Um, And this is when mistakes happen. Everything is, uh, you know, everything's a cycle. And so if you go through like the short sale phase, we had people who were buying a home and they were getting, they believed, you know, and they were such a bargain that they were negotiated in ways that were not necessarily in their best interest, meaning they would waive inspections and almost be hurried Okay, and that always causes problems. That's the phase that we're going into right now. We're having frustrated buyers because of the lack of inventory, and so what they're doing is they are they are uh, building themselves up to look more attractive to a seller. So they're waiving certain things early, uh, even in negotiations, making the project, you know, for example, in some jurisdictions, if you can do it, not subject to an appraisal, which is a risk. Um, um, And you're going to have to come in with more money. They're doing acceleration clauses, which gets confusing. Or we're doing um, multiple counter offers at once. Um, And that's all the same style that we're, we're just in a phase right now where more or less the buyer is not necessarily in control. So it shifts back and forth, who's in control and who's not. And right now, we're having buyers, so we have to be very careful because we don't want our clients to give away too much, and we have to really mark those dates of contingencies uh, and and keep track of that because of the – because of the the way, like I said, we're structuring deals, and and the buyers want it. They've lost three homes right. to another purchaser, so therefore they want to start to make themselves even more attractive. And so then we start, to, and then when, when the situation becomes, anytime the situation becomes lopsided, like an airplane turns to the right or the left and it dips left right, it, it, it just corrects itself. And so we're gonna, we're seeing, um, we're seeing mistakes be made because buyers are a little frustrated. And, and then, and then on the same side. Anytime you get into creative contracting where we don't really – we're thinking of a variable and we're, we're focusing on one thing. It's like playing chess. You're focusing on one move and you don't even realize that on your back door, you know, another player is going to come in and damage you. And so I have multiple right. situations where we're doing the acceleration clause and we're saying I will come in at 5000 above appraisal, for example. But the way it's written – it turns out that it, on the flip side, it ends up hurting us. So we have a couple of them right now where we're we're forgetting about the other uh, we're we're forgetting about the other uh, variable in that number. So if you say I'll pay five thousand above appraisal, then 
what you're ho- what you're saying is it's going to praise you you paid you offered 400 you you think it's going to come in at 395 what if it comes in at 300 so there's a floor to that number right. there's a floor right. to the acceleration clause that I'm, that that we're missing a couple of times and we get into these arguments where the buyer mm. says oh lucky me i get to buy the house 30% off and and then the answer is no that's ridiculous that appraisal is faulty cannot be that low and that wasn't the intent of the parties. And the buyers say, well, that's, that's tough. I'm getting an attorney. So I, I don't like acceleration clauses for that reason because you really have to think of every, every angle. And then the other one that we're messing up lately is, again, because we're getting creative and we have a certain style of real estate right now, and that is we have multiple offers. So if, you are, right. if you're priced accurately, you're, there's a very good chance you're going to get burdensome amount of offers. And so right. when we do a multiple counteroffer, we want to be very careful because that's not normal. Normally we deal with one project at a time. We have a buyer, we have a seller, and we're going back and forth and we're trying to get the deal on. When you're dealing with four buyers at once, two buyers at once, of course the, the situation just ramps up. And if you make one mistake, the reverberations can become rather severe. So we have had multiple scenarios lately where we sold the same property to multiple people. Happens right. all the time. Again, that's because we're in, a, we're in this market where we're having to juggle a little bit more. And so um, my f- most recent favorite one is we, we flat out did not pull out the correct form. We sent two multiple counteroffers, but they were not multiple counteroffers. They were two counteroffers, exact terms to two different buyers, both accepted, both opened escrow, and we have a problem. So what we did is we just put some duct tape down the center of the house, and so one guy gets one side of the house (laughs) and the other side gets the other. And then we flipped a coin as to which side of the house that you want to get, right? That's not what happened. Right. What happened? What happened? Everybody <laughs> got upset, and uh, we 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 um we actually worked it out, but we didn't make any money. Um, we right. talked one person into going away, and we lost our commission plus. Um, and uh, luckily, it, that's what it came down to because, um, in those scenarios, we just you know the worst thing about real estate litigation is. The plaintiff's counsel think we're focused on one commission, and they always will say, you did a poor job because you were only worried about your money, and you sacrificed your integrity just to get paid, which is 100% not correct. So the odds of that ever occurring are so low, it's just not true, but that's the standard reply or, or demand or charge, you know, made by plaintiff's counsel. The reality about real estate is that we're never really focused on just this deal. We're focused on the next deal, the next deal, the next deal, the next deal, because if we don't have another client, this client does not give us a referral. You know, we, we have to grow constantly. So once we have this sale done, we, we pray that their brother-in-law needs a house next. Our sign in the yard triggered more excitement. Another person dials our number and that's real estate. So the real damaging right. thing about a fight in real estate is that not only do you not make the commission on the sale. So we get through this problem, right? We sold right. the same house twice because we were in a hurry 
and we were trying to get out of town. And so he pulled out the wrong form on online and, and he sent it out and thought he got it done. And then he got in his car and he drove out of town with his children. Well, he sent the wrong forms and everybody. So now what's happened? The seller is not happy with us. So they'll, they've had to hire counsel um, because they were worried right away. Of course, they sold the same house twice themselves. So that person may highly unlikely that the seller will ever refer a client to us again because mm-hmm. of the experience they had. So do the math on that and extrapolate that out two to five years. And that is a real damage. That's the problem with screwing up in real estate, in my opinion. Um, it's just this, and, and even if you're on the buyer's side and you didn't do anything wrong, but your client is not getting that house because this listing agent made a mistake, your buyer is human nature, again, and we have to deal with humans, they're going to blame us just because it's a frustrating experience. Now, that's not guaranteed. There is a mm. chance that because we solved it and solved it so quickly that they may very well be okay with us. But that's, that's truly the ramification. So it always makes my blood boil when the plaintiff's counsel say, we're so focused on this commission. We're so focused on taking care of the deal so that everybody is, makes money and is happy and satisfied with the transaction. And then they use us again in 16 months. That's really how we stay in business. And so we have these hiccups and we get derailed. It's amazing. You know, it's just like not doing your work. You know, the the effort you put into life when you're 22 pays off sometimes 15 years later. Same as real estate. Right. doesn't always pay off right away. But the effort we put in now can very well bring fruition in not this summer, but next summer. And so that's what breaks my heart about deals when it's like, oh, my God, you know. We were trying to do our best and we screwed up. And then now look, everybody's got a lawyer. And of course they blame us, right? No matter what, because if you think about it, the seller also signed two counteroffers. And I always wonder like, why didn't you catch it? Right? Why didn't you realize that it wasn't a counteroffer, you know, (laughs) a multiple counteroffer, but but that's not the way it goes. So that's what, that's the market we're in. We're, in, we're, we're going into, we're going we're gonna to have a frustrated, you know, people are going to say, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, get me the house. And then the whole time we have to still do our job and keep all our ducks in a row because if something goes through the cracks, they're going to turn to us. And, and it's, right. my biggest pet peeve is when we don't worry about the condition of the home, which is happening. Um, right. They, they're not, you know, it's better to, you know, don't waive your inspection. You can say, I don't want any repairs, but still is advisable to get a picture, a snapshot of what is going on with that house. So you're, you have knowledge, at least if you do get a bad report and you still elect to close on the home, that's okay. But you know, the lack of surprises is what really helps human beings move forward. So if we know the roof is older and they've warned us, okay, then we may have a problem in a year or two, but at least we know that. Right. Right. The, the, the buyer should never waive their inspection. They should get as much knowledge as they can and then still elect to go forward potentially. Even though they might have to pay for those repairs down the road. Right. And that's the thing right now, too, is that just making sure all the T's across, I's are dotted in and it's fast moving. I got to have this property before somebody else gets it types market. Correct. So that. That's where a lot of the mistakes happen is when it's markets like that, you know, like, like it is yeah. now. But, you know, I haven't seen a market like this ever. 
this is crazy when they're selling for 10%. And the market is also healthy, meaning that the people that are buying it are not people who own four properties, no income verification, no down payment. Ver These are people that are living there, paying. You know, I think Forrest said uh, 35 36% of the properties are, are, are cash right now by the uh, person buying it. So it's pretty incredible, pretty incredible market. Well, that's, there we go. There's our time, Darren. I really appreciate you taking out half an hour this morning to talk to us. We really appreciate yeah. it. It's been very educational, very helpful. Any final words you have, my man? Nope. Just enjoy the summer. Here it comes. It's like a roller coaster. Here it comes. We're it's at that phase where it's, going it's to clicking, get you know. Yeah, we're clicking up. Here we go. We're about to go down the, the, big, the big chute. Yes. <laughs> yep, you are absolutely right. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be wonderful. And thank you once again, Darren, for taking your time out, man. Really appreciate it. Okay. Talk to you later. Everybody else, we'll do this again in a week. Yes, thank you very much, my man. Appreciate your, your time. Okay, bye. Bye, guys.